good. I'm ready to rock. Hello, everyone. This is Chase Ristomatio from the Everywhere Hockey Show with my trusty co-host. Yeah, uh, Caleb Stern. And we're coming at you. This is our October episode, our second episode ever. Uh, we had so much fun doing it last month. I'm really excited to get in here and start talking more. Yeah, as am I. It's very exciting. Uh, first up, we, uh, we're, we're going to touch on actually what we touched on last month, which is uh, a development with the uh, Austin Watson uh, situation. And uh, uh, so, um, yeah, so we, we had briefly mentioned that uh, – that he should really be getting suspended for uh, uh, hitting his wife. And uh, shortly after that, uh, we saw in the news that he indeed had for 27 games. I think that's pretty fair. I mean, obviously, I think that should be something that Lee takes very seriously, and I'm glad they definitely did go in and uh, compromise what he was doing because, I mean, obviously, no one wants to see that. Yeah, uh, and I actually uh, I, I read right up on it a little bit and got some more details from it. So I guess what, what the situation was, was uh, somebody saw him at a gas station with his girlfriend, who um, is the mother of uh, his child, and uh, they saw him, uh, quote, swat her. So uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's it's serious because he's hitting his girlfriend, but um, I mean, I guess I guess that's pretty vague in terms of how intense that is. But uh, and then when when his girlfriend was questioned by the police, I suppose uh, she initially didn't really have a whole lot to say. She said, "Oh no, he doesn't ever touch me." But then. After a while, she actually ended up saying that he gets, quote, handsy sometimes, and that uh, he's actually caused scratches on her chest. I can only imagine what that's from. Uh, and yeah, and I mean, if if you if you look at if you look at the whole organization, the Predators, um, they're in a tough position because obviously they value. Uh, Watson, he's one of the best players on their team. He did amazing stuff last season. And so uh, they obviously don't want to condone it, but uh, they definitely don't want to condemn him too badly either. So it's it's pretty awkward watching uh, those press conferences that uh, came out shortly after uh because they, they they really are trying to sail right down the middle. But um, I'm sure I'm sure they're pretty upset and I'm sure he got a pretty hard time from his teammates about it. Apparently uh, they his teammates and their captain, uh, Roman Josie, had talked to not only him but his girlfriend about it. So hopefully it'll resolve itself, but uh, I guess we'll see. Yeah, from the sounds of it, it sounds like the Predators and like their captain stepping in and talking about it and kind of getting the whole situation out of wraps. It sounds like they're definitely handling it pretty professionally, which I think is a good thing to see. 
because obviously it is just such a awkward conversation. I can't imagine being the guy that's getting suspended 27 games for beating up his loved one and then having to walk back into the locker room and be like, hey, what's up, guys? Like I would yeah, just... exactly. Especially, I mean, as I said earlier, especially because, I mean, it's not like you're some guy that, like, is, like, some, like, fourth-line grinder. I mean, he's, like, a key player, and he's going to be gone for a huge part of their season, so. Yeah, he's definitely not one of their star players, but he, I mean, last... He's not, he's not a player that's going to not make a difference by sitting out. I mean, he's no, a really not. underrated player, and they got him on a steal, too. Yeah, I agree. He's he's his cap hits one point one million, and he had twenty uh, nineteen points last season. And it sounds like he's a good player in the locker room, other than this incident. So, yeah, I apparently yeah, they, they, his teammates kept on saying how great he was, which was and, a little bit rough. But yeah. uh, we'll see. And it really reminds you of Slava Voinov, the Russian who's trying to make it into the NHL this year, who spent jail time for beating up his wife. And then just fled the country, went back to Russia, and basically now is trying to get his U.S. permit back and trying to get back into the league. And um, basically, he's just working on that. There hasn't been anything recently about that that I've been able to find, but it'll be interesting to see how the league welcomes back this guy that just left until he was done. He basically was able to get back here, like legally. So yeah, we'll we'll definitely keep you guys updated on a monthly basis about it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just the name, Slava Voinov, that sounds evil. <laughs> I can't imagine some guy that's really kind with that type of name. But uh, it also just, just name. Like, on his Instagram, after he won the gold medal, it's just he, he put a picture with his wife and his daughter. And it's just almost just – it's weird to watch because, I mean, he's celebrating – it's just – I don't know. He's celebrating with this woman that he was beating up, and I mean, I just I feel I find it so strange that someone would stay with someone who domestically abuses them. And I mean, I, I mean, he has a daughter. I mean, I just what an awful. Yeah, I mean, thing. it happens though. I know you're right. You're right. I'm sure it happens, not just here, but in Russia as well. Yeah. But uh, anyway, moving on. Moving on, Belarus Ice Hockey Association is partnering with. Their elite program in the country, Dynamo Minsk, um, this is coming off the world championship season where Belarus was relegated from the top division for the first time in 14 years. And it's pretty ridiculous um, that they were, that they were um, demoted. I think it shows more, the team that stayed that was, had always been a bubble team was Austria. And I think it shows more Austria's level of improvement rather than Belarus's like uh, getting worse. But I think Belarus just hasn't shown any progress. I think they've always just kind of stayed standstill at the bottom of the pack of the World Championships. They when they hosted the in Minsk a few years ago, they they not only put on a really well uh, run tournament, they did really well too and made it to the quarterfinals. So I mean, they're a good nation. I think. Belarus really wants to get their domestic their players with Belarus citizenship on this team, similar to the Kazakh team, uh, Paris Astana, where they have their national team players playing for this program. So they're playing all year long. So when those, I mean, now the next uh, this coming April when they go to the World uh, Championships for Division One A, they're gonna have five games, such a quick tournament, no playoffs. Um, 
it's gonna be interesting to see. And I'm I'd be uh, very surprised if they didn't move right back up. And I think this will be incentive. I think for them to grow homegrown players, um, a lot of people have been criticizing Belarus because they won't play their um, homegrown goalies. So they're just playing these foreign goalies. So their best goalies aren't getting better. So when the World Championships do come around, their best goalies aren't um, ready for the task when they're playing the best players in the world come the World Championships. Uh, I think this is basically... Belarus is a smaller country. The domestic league is not super strong. Um, Dynamo Minsk, obviously the flagship franchise. I think it will, I definitely think it will incentivize them. And I definitely think it will help them. I don't know how much it's going to help them. I don't see them meddling anytime in the top division or anything. But I mean, if they run it well, um, I could see them getting better and definitely maybe making it past the quarterfinals one time, one day. What about you? What do you think, Caleb? About the whole yeah, thing? Uh, that would be great. Um, yeah, it's it's. It, I think that's one of the biggest things that a lot of these uh, teams in Europe and in other countries and continents are missing that maybe USA and Canada have, which is like a a national identity and like a national backing behind them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that, yeah, if, if every single team anywhere could have that uh, thirst for hockey that the U.S. and Canada has, I mean, it would give twofold to all those countries' teams. So hopefully it works out. Uh, I don't know, maybe um, – uh, do you say that was Kazakhstan that had done that same – yeah, uh, I'm not sure if their um, a national association is partner. Actually, they must be because their national team is basically their um, their their KHL team is their national team, and it's something we'll get in when we talk in a, um, we'll get in more detail when we talk about Nigel Dawes a little bit later in the episode. But I think if I think that definitely has helped them get their players more acclimated to playing with each other. And kept Kazakhstan up there. So yeah, so there you go. That's kind of uh, maybe a a study into the effort and see if that actually kind of worked out for them, and see maybe if you could uh, put that onto uh, Belarus and see if it would transition the same way. Yeah, and they are ho- co-hosting the top division of World Championships in 2021 with Latvia. Um, I don't think they are going to have any problem getting back up, like I said earlier, and they'll get automatically back in in 2021, even if they couldn't for some reason, which would be ridiculous. Um, But yeah, that'll be exciting to see how Belarus does in the coming years. I always think Belarus is just a fun country to talk to because it's the only dictatorship left in Europe, which is just kind of strange still. But... um, it's supposed to be a beautiful place, and just I'm excited to see where they go because I've always kind of rooted for them. Thought they've been pretty cool. Yeah, well, uh, moving on, moving on to uh, our next topic. I uh, wanted to talk a little about uh, Seattle's new announcement for their arena that they're planning on building that they'd like to get done by uh, October 2020. 
Yeah, the city council voted in favor of the new arena project unanimous, unanimously. Cannot pronounce that word right now. But um, they're all for it. If you look at the track record of when Seattle was like, we won an NHL team to now, it has been the smoothest thing I've ever seen. There hasn't been a single hiccup. I mean, they're going to have a team. I can't wait. I think the papers are rolling in right in these few months right now for them to uh, put in their application to the NHL. The Golden Knights had way, like, their process was pretty smooth as well. But, I mean, even they had more hiccups, like, with their name. The Army got in because the Golden Knights are the same name as the Parachute Division of the Army. And people... Oh, my gosh, I didn't actually know that. Yeah, so, like, there was a thing where the Parachute Division of the Army was like, we don't want you to have this name because what if people get... Uh, the parachute division confused with the NHL team. And I mean, obviously it's pretty ridiculous that people would get the two mixed up. So it obviously didn't go anywhere and they got to keep their name, but um, I'm really excited for Seattle to get a team. I've always thought Seattle was a cool city. Um, and I just cannot wait to see where they go. Obviously Seattle is the first American city to ever win the Stanley cup. Um, the Seattle Metropolitans, which I think is a really cool stat. They're the first city in America to ever win. They don't even have a team right now. I think they just have a cool legacy to build off with that. And I think it would be so cool to see them get a city uh, team. Well, uh, I thought it was interesting, actually. I did a little bit of uh, a little bit of reading. And so uh, the group that's funding this, uh, Oak View Group, um, they initially – had estimated $600 million to build the arena. And uh, as they were finalizing it, they had to tack on an extra $100 million, which they said would be no problem, which uh, blows my mind a little bit. But I guess that's what it takes to build a giant sports arena. And uh, yeah. the, uh, the CEO of the Oakview Group actually uh, was the old – Leaf Sports CEO, who uh, was the CEO of uh, the the group that owned the Leafs, the Raptors, and all those Toronto teams. No so way. some Canadian guys getting his hand into it, as I'm sure many Canadian guys do. Yeah, and I mean, as well, this arena is also inevitably going to be bringing back um, the Seattle NBA team. People want NBA basketball there too. I don't think that process as far, is as far along as the NHL um, processes. So I think it'll probably go like NHL team and then maybe the next year or the year after that, they'll get the NBA team too. So I don't think the city will have any trouble recouping their losses. Um, the city obviously absolutely loves its sports. They have a WHL team. Um, they've had other junior teams. So I think it'll be really interesting to see where that goes. And I'm really looking forward to seeing them kind of building up like the Vegas Knights. They had their name reveal, their jersey reveal, their logo reveal, everything like that. I, I think it'll be really exciting to see that. Yeah, it's uh, exciting also that um, that the the NHL is their priority because often, it's, often it goes to any number of different sports first before the NHL. So it's exciting yeah. that it's being driven by hockey. I totally agree. Moving on, um, the Metropolitan Riveters invited the Swiss, uh, Swedish champion Lulea over 
to have an exhibition between the NWHL champion from North America and one of the best champion uh, champion one of the leagues one of the best leagues in Europe's champions from Sweden arguably the best probably the best and Lulea came out on top four two they played at Princeton University's ice hockey rink and I think this is just a really good reminder that um women's pro hockey in america and north america is really screwed up right now there's the cwhl which is mostly in canada but then with also the boston team and then there's the nwhl and there's players going back and forth every year um there's just so many problems with paying players and just having to get second jobs and just which league to play in i mean the boston blades and the cwhl they won the championship and then maybe then like their entire team switched leagues to the NWHL next year, the CWHL team that had won the championship. I think, I don't think they won a game all year and it's just like just such a mess and they need to merge their leagues. And it shows that Lulea who they, uh, that league's been around for years and years and years and years. Just they have one core group of players that bond together. There's no drama and they just they can win games, which, I mean, when you consider the fact that how far, um, far along America and Canada are in terms of women's hockey development, I mean they've just they dominated the Olympics, they dominated the World Championships. It's like not even close. Um, the fact that a, Sw- a Swedish team can come over and beat the North American Championship uh, winning team just shows more um, more reasons why uh, the CWHL and the NWHL, something just needs to give and they need to merge. Yeah, I mean, I, I, love, I love these games because of stuff like that. I mean, these games really put things in perspective because it's really easy to be, uh, be watching teams in your own country and to be uh, thinking how great they are and blah, blah. And then when they get to play some fun uh, international exhibition games, uh, the results can be very surprising. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And it also, I wanted to bring this up because I, I've, I really want them to bring back the Victoria Cup, which was played um, in 2008 and 2009. And it was the first one that was played was uh, in Switzerland between the New York Rangers and uh, Metallurg Magnitogorsk from Russia. The Rangers won four three. Next year in two thousand nine, Blackhawks played the ZSC Lions from Switzerland. Um, the team Austin Matthews played for in his draft year, and this was in two thousand nine. So this was the preseason of the year the Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup. So if you and you look at the roster of the team they brought over there, they had all their juggernaut players, Kane, Taze, Seabrook, Keith, everyone. And they lost to uh, ZSC Lions two to one. And I just think that's crazy. I think it's awesome. Um, and I mean, I, I want them to see this do this again. Uh, the ZSC Lions and uh, Metal League Mini, of course. Um, uh, obviously, Medellin—they um, were the winners of the European Champions Cup, so they're the best. Basically, they're the best club in Europe. And the next year, the ZSC Lions were the Champions League winners as well. 
I mean, so the best team in Europe can totally compete with these NHL teams. I think it'd be so cool to see this come back um, now almost a decade later. Yeah, I mean, it's just so much fun. And, it, and the only thing it does is just give publicity and grow the game. So, Absolutely. I mean, it's, yeah, it's it's just such a it's such a great way to accomplish both those things. Yeah, I agree. So hopefully that comes back. Uh, next story, we have, um, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it, but um, an Icelandic team, um, moving on from the Continental Cup, they won their group in Sofia. They beat a team from Bulgaria, a team from Israel, and the uh, Turkish champions. The champions from those leagues, uh, this Icelandic team beat Iceland, such a small country. I'm sure we're going to do a profile on them soon. Um. I mean, 300,000 people, for them to do this, I think is incredible. I think it's really cool. Um, I hope they move on further. I think it would be really fun to see them go. I mean, they're definitely the underdog in this tournament. Champions or the Continental Cup, obviously, kind of like Class B, the level below uh, the Champions Hockey League. Um, the winner moves on to the Champions Hockey League next season. Um, I think it's just really cool to see this amateur team go up against some of these – teams that have really high quality high caliber players yeah and i mean it's interesting iceland seems to do it uh pretty frequently and not just in hockey uh was that two years ago yeah. when they had their world cup run in soccer out of nowhere that was this year that was this year this, this, year, this past yeah. summer yeah see they're a great team i mean their population is tiny and they managed to pull off these unbelievable victories i mean i'm in los angeles right now and iceland's population is one tenth the whole entire country is one tenth of just the city of los angeles yeah so, it's pretty crazy actually it's even it's even a little less than a tenth so it, yeah i mean it's it's just a testament to maybe the the grit maybe it's something in their blood or something in the water but uh seems like they make them tough in iceland for sure yeah absolutely i think it also croatia they talked about i remember croatia they were another country they made it to the fifa world cup um final this year caleb um, right, and they're asked how a little country can get such good athletes, and they're just like it's in our genes, basically. Just they just uh, just these homogeneous countries. Just they have something in their genes that makes them great athletes, I guess. And just I'm sure they just love the sport and have fun with the sport. And I mean, I think when you have close knit communities like that, like you know that in the Icelandic league, they have four teams. Three of them play in the same city. I mean, everyone knows each other. Lots of guys are on the national team. Yeah. I think it just builds camaraderie and like i mean personally for me i've always thought the best part of sports is always playing for the people that you love your teammates i mean for me that is sports like if you're not playing for the people around you there's no reason to it's my biggest problem i've ever had with pro hockey where people players like who i've I've looked up to and like have just left for money and stuff like that i just think that's wrong obviously it is a business first and forehand but i think these countries like iceland that they're not getting paid this is just what they love they're playing with the guys they love I mean, it shows, like, if you have fun with what you're doing, you don't need to get paid, and you can pull off some pretty incredible things. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, 
let's uh, let's uh, let's let's move on to the next segment, though. You want to open it up? Yeah, I'd love to. First, I just want to point out one last thing, our last quick last news topic. I don't want to talk about it long. Uh, Shea Weber named 30th captain in Montreal Canadiens history after they traded Max Pacioretty to the Las Vegas Kings or Las Vegas Golden Knights. Um, um, yeah, I mean, Shea Weber, I think it's a pretty obvious choice. I mean, he's just a leader. Uh, it's a safe choice. No one's going to criticize Shea Weber getting picked as their captain. He was the captain in Nashville for years. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a Bruins fan, so I'm excited to see the Bruins beat him, beat him up this year. Anything you have to say, Caleb, really? Yeah, uh, he's a big dude. He's a big dude, <laughs> and uh, he, he, uh, he, yeah, absolutely, he's a good pick for captain of, I yeah. think, almost any team, let alone uh, the Canadians. But, yeah, so I don't really like the Canadians either. So I, I don't want to dwell too long on it, but uh, it's definitely he's definitely a, a notable player who's who's really uh, has a long history in the game, and so yeah. Uh, so now let's great. move on. Yeah. So uh, let's move on to our next segment, our country highlight of the month. We're going to be talking about New Zealand. Um, before we go on to talk about New Zealand, though, one user wrote in on YouTube. And when we talked about Ireland last month, one thing we had forgotten to mention was the development cup. And we really want to just thank that user for bringing that up and just mention quick how Ireland did compete in the development cup for their men's team. And they got the silver medal there. There was four teams and they got silver. Um, It just shows again that they're not playing the the world championship system. They easily could. Um, They need a rank in Ireland. And they're they're also going back and doing the development cup again this year, so it just shows there. I mean, they don't have the rink. The IIHF isn't really helping them out, but they're finding a way and they're pushing and they want to play hockey in Ireland. So I think it's uh, great to see. Yeah, hopefully they can uh, set out a little cookie jar to get some money and uh, build a rink in Ireland once again. Um, yeah, I. They need one in Dublin. Yeah, I mean, I know this is like such a ridiculous comparison to make, but um, I mean, when you see organizations in the U.S. throwing out seven hundred million dollars to build a giant rink, I mean, it's just like crazy. You could build a rink for such a small fraction of that so and i don't want to get back into the last episode but i mean like we said dublin is the largest city in europe to not have an ice hockey rink i mean yeah i just maybe it's one of those things where everyone can give a dollar yeah for real have it but uh anyway uh moving on to new zealand uh thanks again to that listener by the way but uh So let's talk about New Zealand for a second. Okay. So I'm just let's just I'm just gonna start off with some stats. Um they've been a member of the IIHF since May 2nd, 1977. They have 1,405 total players that in the registered ice hockey players in the country. 
Their men's ranking is 39th. Their women's ranking is 32. Um, they have six indoor ranks, five outdoor ranks. Um, total population of the country is 4.5 million, and they're full member of the IIHF. Um, I think New Zealand has been a very, very just awesome team to follow in the past decades just because, I mean, they've always been in the shadow of Australia who have been a little bit better than them just because they Australia has just had, always had that like extra oomph to them. Um, Australia, they used to have their world championships. They had Canadians come over, just say they were Australians and then they do really well. And they've, they've had more time to kind of grow as a country play ice hockey in Australia. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's a much larger country too. I mean, it's like yeah, six times the size. Yeah. And, but what really wanted me to bring up New Zealand this month was that New Zealand beat Australia in the trans Tasman challenge, which is, uh, I think this is the second year they've done it where they've played a best of three series again, uh, between Australia and New Zealand and New Zealand won. Which oh man, I think is so cool. Now, granted, Australia did not have some of their best players. Some of them were just gone in Europe. I'm not sure exactly, but um, still, I think it shows so much progress that New Zealand's able to beat Australia finally. Because I mean, they have such a rivalry with those two countries. They they don't get to play much in uh, international play because uh, Australia is normally in D2A. And New Zealand's usually in D2B. And I think that's just been... But they're, they're close to D2A, and maybe uh, this is the first sign of the beginning of them uh, moving up. Yeah, they, they uh, one of their longtime players for the Sky City Stampede, former Southern Stampede in the country, um, he naturalized as a New Zealand citizen. He's helped out the team quite a bit. Um. His name's Matt Schneider. Um, just going over some more things. New Zealand, obviously, Southern Hemisphere. So they play their league during our, the Northern Hemisphere summer. So sometimes a lot of players, like if they're in usually like SPHL, FHL, bottom tier American pro leagues or some uh, leagues in Europe as well, they, they'll import players from New Zealand, will go to like fine tune their games in the summer in New Zealand, which had been like a big yeah. thing. And um, their league is not pro. It's a five team league. Um, a team will likely be coming to Wellington as well. The capital of New Zealand that's been on, talked about for a while. Um, and their national team has been so close. Like we said, we're to going up to D2A. They've just they got silver last year. It's just been lots and lots of silver thrown out at them. They just haven't been able to get that gold. Um, Spain was the team that ended up winning last year, but I really think that they're going to have a chance this year. It's getting more and more competitive. New Zealand, their national team, they have to the players have to play, pay themselves to go to these tournaments, so they're paying thousands and thousands of dollars to go. So the, it's kind of like Iceland, where they really have to love it to pay out of pocket. They have to take time off from work. And it just, the players, they want to play, they want to represent their country. And now the fact that they are getting better, they are beating their rival in Australia. 
getting confidence, getting better players, more naturalized or just the naturalization of Matt Schneider. They don't naturalize too many players, but I think uh, I think it's incredible. I'm really I really am rooting for New Zealand. Yeah, it's it's a pretty cool country. Uh, this uh, yeah, they selected that new prime minister. What what's her name? Don't remember off the top of my head. Right. Uh, but, oh yeah, yeah Janica like, Arden. Yeah, and right. uh, I don't know. I think it's a great country and beautiful country for sure. Home of uh, mm-hmm. home of Hobbiton from uh, Lord of the Rings, right? And uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I just love countries like that. Uh, growing their hockey. Uh, their hockey population, and um, mm-hmm. that, that, I, I did not know that. That's a great story about that uh, three-game cup that they played with uh, Australia. Do you know how long they've been doing that for? Um, it's been off and on, but this is the it stopped it, uh, a while ago, and then last year it started. So this is the second year they did it. They lost to Australia last year, but this year they won. But they've done it in the past. It's a part of a thing where they do a bunch of different winter sports, and hockey is just one of them that's included. But oh, I wow. think um, they definitely want to keep doing it. I think it's going to be a thing they make more regular. Well, it always messes me up, the thing with the hemispheres. So I'm glad you're keeping yeah. me in check. Yeah. And this season, the domestic champion um, – it was a really exciting season this year because it teams have periods where they just dominate. So Canterbury Red Devils won for three years in a row, Caleb. Then the next yep. three years, the Sky City Stampede won three years in a row. And then this year, it looked like the Stampede were going to win four straight, but they didn't. Um, they lost to the West Auckland Admirals, which was so much fun to watch. Um, I'm glad a new team won. I love when a different team wins. It's it's like in the NHL, any team can win. I mean, right? I, I and I want to see the league get more like become more like that where it's a lot. Um, there's just more parity in the league. I mean, some teams just do awful every year, and some teams don't. Um, so yeah, no, it'll be interesting. They have uh, New Zealand. They're national. They're uh, citizens. They don't have too many players playing overseas. They have a handful of players playing junior in the GMHL in uh, Canada. Um, truthfully, just not a fantastic league. Um, I mean, it's a it's a step to get over there, and it's a league. But I mean, it's it's not anything special. And then they do have one player playing at Division Three Westfield State University, and he played before that for the South Shore Kings in Massachusetts, which is a great fantastic junior program another player oliver hay um also he played for the south shore kings for a while and was also a really good player but now he uh decided to stay in new zealand and uh not pursue hockey overseas anymore but um jake ratcliffe the player that plays playing at westfield state i'm really excited to see how he does um at a good d i mean d3 it's really good hockey so i'm really excited to see how they do how he does over there and I want to see him improve um, and just see how he helps the New Zealand um, ice hockey program evolve. 
because I think New Zealand's going to be, get, be getting better and better. I think it's only the start. I think New Zealand's a country that, even though they don't have a big population, if they get good, better coaching and just better players and better routines for when they're younger, I think that they could definitely leap up to, who knows, D1B maybe in the next couple few decades. Yeah. They, hopefully, in the next couple few decades, they could uh, see something like that happen. But uh, I mean, it's hard because every country wants to get better. So I mean, I know and see, the competition is kind of growing uh, at the same time. Yeah. So. And as absolutely. the age of social media gets bigger, I think hockey has just gotten bigger across the world, and every country just is kind of getting more into it. So I mean, it's getting harder, but. I think New Zealand's one of the countries that could actually move up. There's these countries that are always like, we want to move up. We're going to move up. There's something like Jamaica wants to play in the Olympics or something. It's just like, they're like, we want, I think they wanted to play in like the 2018, 2022 Olympics or something. It's just like, it's awesome that you guys are striving for that. But I mean, be realistic. I mean, there's Thailand, another country we should, we're going to talk about one day. I'm sure one month, I'm sure. I mean, they had there are they had a player who is from he's he's a Thai citizen, but he grew up in Sweden, but moved back to Thailand, and he's helped that program immensely. I can't wait to talk about what all he's done. And he said, like, I read uh, I'm friends with him on Facebook, and he put up a post about what his actual goals are for Thai hockey, and they're very realistic. And oh, cool. I can't wait to see how he plays them out. And I mean, he's a smart guy, and they've he's already helped that program grow so much. So I think something similar can happen in New Zealand, and I just can't wait to see how they uh, progress. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, moving on to our next segment, uh, let's talk about some of the uh, trades and transactions that have been going on globally. Okay, let's go. So, start off, Tyler Sagan, re-signs with the Stars, got big money. Um, made me sad when I saw this. I can remember the, exactly where I was when the Bruins traded Sagan. Um, and that was one of the, that was just not a happy day for me. I was so sad when the Bruins traded Sagan. Yeah, I remember going was, to school yeah, and uh, harassing you about that. Yeah, so... He's, I mean, good for him. I mean, loyalty. I mean, I read, uh, I watched an interview and it said like his dream was to win the Stanley Cup when he when he won his uh, rookie year with the Bruins, and he says it's his goal now to win it with the Stars. And I mean, I think he's matured a lot, and I think it's good. I mean, I think selfishly, I wanted him to go back to the Bruins, but I mean, I think it's the, I think it was the right move to stay with the Stars. Yeah, I'm not sure if that was. Even on the table, though, he seems to love the chemistry he has with the Stars, and uh, he loves being a integral player. And um, so, how, how long? How long was the uh, contract? Was in it like ten years or something? Eight. I want to say eight. Eight, yeah. So, a hefty chunk of his career for sure is locked in. Next up, another huge transaction. Yeah, it was eight years, just uh, confirming that. Um, Carlson, 
former Ottawa Senators captain traded to the San Jose Sharks in a huge move. Um, I've made it very clear, Caleb, that I am not a huge fan of Carlson to you over the years. Yeah. Um, I just, if you want, like, he's incredibly skilled player. I think he should just be a forward. I mean, time and time again, I mean, I've just seen him screw around in the D zone and just, he has such an f- offensive mindset. And it aggravates me when players that get picked for the, um, trophy at the end of the year what's the name of the trophy i'm blanking on it right now um for everyone wondering my hockey team we wake up at 3 a.m every day for practice so i get tired sometimes in the middle of the day um norris trophy the player that wins the norris trophy of breast defenseman every year it's always usually given out to the defenseman with the most points and people argue a lot well the guy with the best points is also the best defenseman i mean it comes hand in hand it's not like that yeah uh, and they should have an offensive defenseman and a defensive defenseman, kind of like the Selkie Trophy for best defensive uh, forward. And, I mean, now I'm just getting on a rant about Carlson, but... Yeah, well, I mean, no, I get that. He's he's that guy that, I mean, every team has one. Usually uh, they're smaller than Eric Carlson is, but uh, they always have that defenseman who... Uh, who just loves bringing it up and uh, leaving leaving his uh, line mate with a three on one when it gets a, when he gets a turnover. So uh, yeah, I mean he is an absolutely fantastic player, but uh, definitely uh, frustrating to see the immense love that he gets throughout the league. Yeah, yeah, I mean. I think the San Jose Sharks are going to be fantastic this year. Joe Thornton's healthy. I mean, their their lineup is just stacked. Pavelski, I mean, uh, Couture, Burns, Carlson, Hurdle. I mean, these guys, I mean, I think they're going to be a huge player in the West. Them acquiring Carlson shows that they want to win now. I mean, they've been so close in the past with these guys. I want to see Jumbo Joe win one so badly. I mean, if the Bruins are out of the picture, I want probably the Sharks to win just for Jumbo Joe. I, I've always loved him. He was my first hockey card I ever got. I mean, when he was on the Bruins. And I've always just loved how he's carried himself. So, we'll see. Yeah. We, Carlson moved. We, uh, we, 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 we mentioned the Sharks last week, and uh, they, were, they were one of our top picks. So And that was before the Carlson trade. So, Absolutely should only be good, hopefully, for the Sharks getting another mm-hmm. elite player. And when the Sharks and the Bruins both make the playoffs this year, I and I fill out my bracket, just like I do every single year that the, both of them are in, I always put them meeting the Stanley Cup final, and I hope it happens this year. Moving on, Patretti, the former captain, like we mentioned earlier, of the Montreal Canadiens, now going to Vegas. Um, Tatar and some picks over to Montreal. Um, I think Montreal handled this very poorly. Um, in the sense, Montreal did not, they had this guy who gave their all to the program. And I mean, 
he they just I don't think they treated him well. Um, like they sent out before he was traded, they like printed out their season tickets and all this stuff. None of like he wasn't on any of them. All their trailers and everything didn't have anything in him. He was just gone from the team before he was even traded, and it just made like imagine being on a team and just like just being the outsider. Like you know, you're not even going to be there. Being the captain been like, of the team. I know, yeah. and like the way he treated, I think, is was just so poor, so unclassy, and just that made me mad. He he, it was con- they, the trade was contingent on him signing a extension with the team he was traded to. He uh, went to Vegas, signed there. Um, one of the big reasons he went there, Caleb, I don't know if you know, was because earlier uh, in the uh, off season, Paul Statsny signed with. Um, Vegas as well. I really wanted Paul Stastny to go to the Bruins. He's one of my favorite players ever. I've always loved Paul Stastny. And Patchetti and Stastny, they often play together on the, or whenever they do play together on the U.S. men's national team, they were always line mates. And so they have some chemistry. And Patchetti said that Stastny was a big reason he he wanted to go to Vegas. Yeah, so they should have a lot of good chemistry uh, in Vegas and a team that already uh, became such a heavyweight out of too many people's surprise uh, is going to seem to be doing it even better. So the yeah. West seems to be pretty freaking strong this upcoming season. As, so As it normally is. Um, moving on, we'll try to go through these a little quicker. Uh, Nigel Dawes, this was something that happened earlier in the – off season, but we didn't mention last month, but we, I really wanted to mention Nigel Dawes from uh, Boris Astana in Kazakhstan to the Russian team of Tom Ballist. Um, this is something I think we should just talk about um, in the last segment, but I just wanted to mention this quick here because it, he did move his teams. He played for Boris for seven years um, after being a bubble player in the NHL. And this was something I definitely did not see coming. But I think after the Olympics was something that he was just like, I'm going to go. Um, next, Josh Hosang and DeCall. They were both sent from the New York Islanders camp to the Bridgeport Sound Tigers, Connecticut. Uh, Caleb and I, we our senior year of uh, high school, we played uh, – we had our tournament at uh, their practice facility. Do you remember that? I do, actually. That was uh... – a funky area, to say the least. I would not suggest uh, <laughs> industrial Connecticut. Uh, I, I used to live in Connecticut in a somewhat nice, not somewhat, definitely a nicer neighborhood. But uh, I, I never liked that either. So uh, more power to you if you live in Connecticut and love it. I had a lot of friends there that loved it. But uh, definitely, wasn't it Bridgeton that we were in? Bridgeport. Oh, Bridgeport, right. Yeah, Bridgeport. Um, I've probably seen better days. But yeah. it was it was a lot of fun, that tournament. Uh, awesome. And there was a lot of skill, absolutely. A lot of skilled hockey, too. Yeah, that was a, that was a great tournament. That was a lot of fun. Um, basically, just Josh Hosang, been this guy that's just been like, uh, he slipped in his draft year, slipped down, and he's just kind of been this bubble player. He took uh, Mark Messier's number. That gave him some controversy. He was like, it's to honor the guy. But everyone's like, no, you can't take it. No one should be wearing that number. And just kind of this drama and crap. 
um, to call fifth overall pick just has not been uh, living up to his pick. He's definitely, I'd say, the bust of that draft at least. I mean, I don't want to call him a bust yet. He's still kind of young. He might make it in the NHL, but I mean, yeah, yeah. I think the Islanders just. I mean, I don't see anything wrong with them sending Hosang to the uh, AHL. It's similar to um, Philip Zadina, who's going to start off in the AHL with the Red Wings. I mean, get these players some time in the AHL and just get them better at the program before they move up and play the and play in the more important games when they come uh, later in the spring. Yeah. Um, well, uh, let's let's talk a little bit about Joseph Valeno. So Joseph Valeno also drafted by the Red Wings. Red Wings just they had a great draft this year with and Philip Zadina and Joseph Valeno. Valeno. Um, I just wanted to mention Joseph Valeno quick. I mean, he got um, exceptional status in Hockey Canada, Caleb. So that means he got to play major juniors a year early. Oh, wow. And you have to apply for that. And that's like – he was the first player ever in the QMJHL in Quebec. And so the um, Eastern – the Eastern of the three major junior leagues to ever get that status. And some people think – so some of the players that have received this, Caleb, John Tavares, Sidney Crosby, Aaron Eckblad, Connor McDavid. You don't really – all these players, you don't – I mean – First of all, draft picks, ridiculous. And then there's this guy who was drafted 30th overall. And there's also another guy, Sean Day, who I, I don't know where he is right now. It's something, that's something for another day. But um, I think Hockey Canada, maybe. I don't see anything wrong with this. I mean, he's a first level draft pick. He's definitely a good player. Um, I think he was ready for the QMJHL. I think people just have their expectations too high. I think when... Hockey Canada has given us player status out to a player. They're like, this guy is the next legend of hockey. I think players need to temper the expectations and realize that really what it is is just Hockey Canada saying, this guy who's a year younger is old enough and mature enough to play in the best junior league. Yeah, and and I mean, he's he's a big guy. He's 190, he's 6'1". He's not, yeah. he's not some tiny kid that's going to get pushed around playing up, yeah. so... I don't know. So I'm, I'm good for him to go back to juniors, get a little better, and I'm excited to see where he plays into the Detroit Red, Red Wings system over the years. Moving on, Brian Gianta retires from the NHL last year. He played for his hometown, Rochester Americans, for a little while, captain the men's national team for America at the PyeongChang 2018 Olympics. And then he finished off the season with the Boston Bruins. Um, I mean, I think he had a good season going out. He would have liked to win a little bit more. I wish that he could have had more success with the Bruins. He wasn't playing too much with the Bruins in um, the postseason, and he did make some costly mistakes in the playoffs, unfortunately, for the Bruins. Um, I think just – I just wanted to mention that what a great career he had. Yeah, especially on the uh, Montreal Canadiens, right? He's played for a couple teams I don't like. He's been the captain of the Canadians. He's gone to Boston College. I'm a BU fan. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you have to look at a guy and just respect what he's done. Right. He's been a class player. Right. I mean, what a class player. And he ended it 
at least with the Bruins. Maybe not the best season, but... Captain the U.S. men's national team, I mean, I think he had a great season to go out. Yeah. Also, another we have a few retirements in a row here. Next, Henry Gazetterberg has he forced to retire from his back. The Detroit captain. Um, sad story to see him go. He definitely had more years left in him. Just had a lot of back problems and had to retire. Some people thought he'd be ready at the beginning of the year. Then it moved back, and I think he just got to the point where he had to do all his best for himself and retire. But I mean, you look at the guy. What a career with the Red Wings! Triple gold member. Uh, I mean, if you if you're a triple gold member, there's nothing more for you to win. I mean, he Olympics, World Championship, Stanley Cup. I mean, yeah, captain in your team. What what a career! But maybe really. maybe his retirement this year is uh, a omen of the Red Wings team uh, maybe slipping away. Uh, they definitely need some serious changes to be a contender. Yeah, I agree. It could be an omen for them uh, kind of slipping away this season, and we'll we'll see where it plays out. Um, just what a great career, and also just another quickly a great career. Um, Scott Hartnell retires after 17 seasons. Uh, he he's played his last few seasons with Nashville Predators and. After he lost in the playoffs, he said he still had a fire going in for and he wanted to play more. But he had his first kid in May. And um, at the tail end of his career, I can imagine him wanting to be with his kid his first year. And I think he just did what was best for his family. Yeah. It's good to see uh, players being mature and making what I think would probably be the right call. The tough decision, but probably the right call. Yeah. Next, uh, this is kind of a cool one. Um, Yushiro Hirano, um, a Japanese player. He's on right now currently on a tryout for the Wilkes-Barre Scranton uh, rep the office. Uh, Penguins in the AHL. And this is a really cool story. Um, I actually played against him in an exhibition game last year when he was playing pro in Japan. Um, this is a guy, he played in the USHL. Um, lit it up. He was almost drafted uh, Drafted in the NHL. A lot of people thought he would. He was on people's uh, list for getting drafted. He got passed over. Um, it's exciting to see where he's going to go. He played in Sweden, a lower-level league in Sweden, to finish off the season last year. Um, he's really motivated. He, like, he has the best shot of any Japanese player. And um from what the national team coaches say and his pro coach said i mean just seeing a shot in person i mean very great player um i think he would have liked to go d1 in america but unfortunately since he'd played pro prior he wasn't able to go um it'll be interesting to see if he actually makes the ahl team or gets sent to wheeling and the echl which is the team that he originally signed with um before getting an offer to go up to the AHL. Um, I'd love to see him get some AHL games in. I don't think there's been a Japanese player in the AHL for a really long time, n- nor the ECHL. But it would be awesome to see. I mean, being in Japan, I obviously want to see the Japanese players do better in 
um, America. And I mean, I play with some really good players on my team on the national team who've played in good junior leagues and traveled the world and everything. So being getting a firsthand look at all of it, it's really cool for me to see the progress in Japan and play for a really good club over here. So it's been really cool to see. Yeah, and he seems and, like he seems like a guy that has some serious grit. So, um, oh yeah, he's a pretty big player, fast, strong. I mean, I'd love to see him do better. I mean, there's only been one NHL player ever from Japan, uh, Yutaka Fukufuji, right. obviously a legend. Played four games for the LA Kings. In that, um, still playing. Yep, still playing for the Nico Ice Bucks in Japan. It'd be cool to see a player though make it and just I'm really looking forward to uh seeing it. I mean there's all there's two players from Japan in NCAA Division One right now for uh, Lake Superior State and UNH. Um I'm excited they're both freshmen last year, they're sophomores this year. It's, I'm excited to see them play. I played an exhibition game against um the UNH player this summer and um he was playing for like a semi-pro team kind of we played my college team and we all thought we were gonna get destroyed we actually won and i was chirping him the whole game that Maine's better than uh you and it than new hampshire oh my god just because uh i mean he they got unh not only obviously huge rival of you Maine, they also got knocked out by them in the uh hockey's playoffs so i mean i i remember uh he checked me, I think our first shift. And then after that, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going for this guy. I'll, I'm, I'm letting him know Maine's better. Oh, and so I was really happy. I was, I was happy. Not only we beat them, I scored a goal against them when he was on the ice. And uh, that was a fun game. Oh, cool. I, I obviously, I'm, I'm wishing him the best. I love seeing these players. I want more players from Japan to make it over there. What a great story. Moving, He moved over when he was pretty young. He's really good friends with a lot of guys on my team. So definitely rooting for him. I mean, just for him, his individual success at UNH, first Japanese player to ever score in NCAA Division One. So, moving on, um, just a quick one. I mean, Julius, uh, I'm gonna pronounce his name wrong. I'm excuse me, Nadian. He was a Ducks prospect. He went back to Finland to play with JYP. He had 12 points in his first pro season with the San Diego Gulls. Um, he won the World Memorial Cup in Canada, which is a huge accomplishment, as well as under-20 World Championship. So I don't. I think that uh, things just weren't working out for him in Anaheim, and I would have liked to see him stick it out a little longer. But, I mean, he'd been in America for a few years, or North America for a few years now. and I mean, I think he might have just wanted to be closer to home. Who knows? I think he could have, if he stayed a couple more years, made it into the NHL, but... He moved back. He has a couple bro- couple brothers playing pro, one in the KHL, one in uh, the second level of pro hockey in uh, Finland, the Mestis. So anything you have to say, Caleb? Yeah. Um, no, yeah, he seems like a great player. But um, I don't know. It's interesting to see him uh, moving back. How old is he? Is he like 20? Um, I think he's 20. 21, 22. Yeah, so it's interesting to see a player that young. Uh, moving back to uh, the KHL after... Um, yeah, he's not going to the KHL. He's actually going to uh, um, the Smoliga 
which is the oh, top I'm sorry, league in Finland. Uh, right, yeah. my bad. Well, uh, no. yeah, it's interesting to see that, especially someone that uh, has NHL potential. Um, so, yeah, but I guess it happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and last, Tolvanen, uh, he's going to the AHL. Um, Tolvanen obviously had absolutely monstrous season last year when he's playing for Jokerit, which is my favorite KHL club. Hat trick in his first game. The KHL is a league mostly dominated by older players. They don't get, there's not a lot of young players that get a lot of opportunities. And I mean, this guy actually, he wanted to go to BC, but didn't have, there were some complications that he couldn't go. Went to Yokerit, such a better decision, obviously. Should have gone to BU, but instead of BC. But um, I mean, he dominated over there, just playing so well for Yokerit. When they got knocked out in the playoffs, he went over and finished off a season with Nashville Predators during their uh, Stanley Cup run, which didn't last long as long as the prior season. Um, I, I, I mean, again, I think he's going to be a star in this league. I think people are going to be talking about this guy for a while. I mean, I don't think it's any news to anyone if you follow him um, overseas. And I think I was really surprised I didn't make the Nashville Predators, but I mean – I have no problem with people with young players going to the AHL and getting experience in the pro game down there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, let's uh, let's close that up and move on to uh, segment four this evening. Uh, let's talk about the uh, some league standings in the uh, CHL and KHL. Yeah, so normally when the season gets rolling, so I'm sure next month we'll probably have more leagues. But I mean, the league, I didn't, I was looking at the league standings, and I mean, they've played like two or three games, and I don't really want to judge how teams are doing off a few games. And the NHL, I don't want to go over the preseason just because preseason standings just means so little in the NHL. You see some teams go undefeated in the preseason and not make the playoffs in the regular season. It just doesn't make sense. So right. we're going to talk about the KHL, which actually have a, a significant amount of games and stuff to talk about. And just a quick update on the CHL that we talked about last month. So um, first, I guess, um, looking at the Eastern Conference of the KHL, Sibir, 0-12, um, zero points. Um, not looking very hot for them. They, I mean, they've, they've been a decent team over the years, competitive team over the years. I mean, they're just just not doing hot this year. Yeah, I don't know. They'd need some serious uh, restructuring to change that around. Yeah. But, um, uh, but I mean, decent conference. I mean, Salva, uh, Eliyev, they're doing well. Avangard, obviously, great team. Boris Astana, they're doing pretty well. Third place in that division. And the Chinese team, uh, Kunlun Red Star, I mean, they're in fourth. I mean, that's definitely not a, a easy division. There's no um, – and then Amur, I mean, I mean, all those teams have, in the past have been pretty good. Yeah. Competitive teams. Yeah, it's it's cool. Uh, obviously, uh, I know that China is probably not your favorite uh, Asian team, but um, it's definitely cool to see Asian hockey uh, – putting up the point yeah and I, honestly 
I almost consider Kunlin Red Star a Finnish team because they have so many Finland players from on their team. Right. I mean, there's they're not even. I mean, we could look at their roster. I mean, they might have a couple Chinese players dress every game. I mean, it, it reminds me of the China Dragons when they played in the Asia League here, and they would just get like oh go zero and forty two. I mean, the Chinese players just aren't good, and the Chinese Ice Hockey Association is awful at development, at developing them at a level they're good at. And I mean, China's just in a desperate spot right now to get better for the Olympics in 2022 that they want to qualify for. So we'll see. I mean, well, it's interesting yeah. that they have uh, the fan base to support a team like that. The Red Star? They don't. Their arena is just distraught. They have, it's embarrassing how few people they get in their stands. Oh, my goodness. Well, that... But, what? Oh, yeah. You know what? Actually, I did see a little uh, a little blur about that. That you sent me, actually, a bunch of uh, weeks ago, maybe a couple of months ago, about uh, yeah. them playing... Uh, which Russian team were they playing? I think it was SKA. Yeah, and that was that was hard to watch. Total, yeah, it, it was just deserted. I mean, mind you, this was in Russia, but uh, it was. I mean, just like a couple handful of fans who had no idea what really even hockey oh, right. was. Um, well, no, I think Caleb. Um, the video I sent you, I remember. I remember now. Um, it was against the Red Army. Uh, um, nah, I don't know. Uh, CSKA Moscow, the Red Army team. Um, and the, the guy in the video, actually, I think he went to China and Russia, I believe. And the Russia, it was, yeah, no. I know what you mean, though. He, like, no one knew. The Chinese fans just had no clue what was going on. It, it was really embarrassing. And he was just like, that was a funny video. Yeah, just... Uh, the whole situation. Yeah. Well, uh, anyway, uh, best Always. to them. But uh, moving on to uh, the uh, next division. Yeah, let's talk about the hottest team in the KHL, um, Avtumblist. They are destroying their 10-0-2-0, undefeated this year so far. And, I mean... I think they're just a powerhouse team. Obviously, Nigel Dawes moved over to them. They have Dan Sexton, who American player that didn't get picked in uh Olympic team last year, who I thought would, and they have just been destroying this year. I'm, I knew they, I thought they'd be good when I saw Nigel Dawes moving over there because Nigel Dawes is one of the best players in the KHL, along with Dan Sexton. But I mean, they've been destroying it, and I'm. Glad a team other than SKA is destroying it. Because, I mean, last year I remember just telling you, hey, SKA won again and again yeah. and again. Um, it's cool to see someone else kind of be the talk of the league that's just can't stop winning. Uh, yeah, and I mean, it's not it's not an unbelievably easy league to be playing in either. I mean, excuse me, easy. I mean, excuse me, to be playing yeah, Metalurg Magnitogorsk, obviously crazy good. A, uh, uh, AK Bars Kazan, very good. Torpedo, I mean, yeah, that's a lot. Of, that's a great division as well. Yeah, well, uh, 
Absolutely. Uh, and in the next league in uh, the Western Conference, the Bravov Division, uh, your favorite, Jokerit, is ahead of SKA. Yep. They, I'm, I'm super pumped about this. I mean, they both played 11 games. And uh, Jokerit is 8-1-0-2, while SKA is 7-2-1-1. Um, I love Jokerit. One of my favorite player American players that isn't playing in the NHL, Steve Moses, is moving back to Jokerit. Uh, Steve Moses, a few years ago, set the record for goals in the KHL um, in one season, which was crazy. And then after that season, he made the U.S. Uh, men's national team for the World Championships, tried to go over to America to play in the NHL. Unfortunately, it didn't work out. Then he moved back to SKA. SKA didn't use him, I don't think, very properly. I think he just lost a lot of confidence. Moved back to Jokerit. I'm so glad to see him back there. He actually he played for Jokerit when they were still in the domestic league for Finland. Uh, he went to UNH. And that I've just uh, – it's been awesome. I mean, I'm, I love watching them play, and I'm wishing them the best. And obviously Dynamo Riga from Latvia, they're doing pretty well. I'm glad to see that. Dynamo Moscow, Alexander Ovechkin's childhood team uh, in last place. Um, they had some mishap with money, so they've kind of been rough in the past couple of years, but that's cool to see. And then in the final division, the Red Army Moscow team, they're in top um, locomotive. Um, locomotive, obviously, that tragic story of uh, they're the team, Caleb, that had their plane crash. Oh my goodness! And so, they're—I mean, they've—I'm uh, I'm glad they're doing well. They've been back for a long time now. That was a while ago, but I mean, for the Russian league, I mean, imagine if—imagine if a team in America is playing crashed. I mean, it's such a big deal. And I mean, yeah, I mean, especially in Russia. Um, Russia, I mean, I mean cherishes this league. Yeah, cherishes. yeah, and their families and everything, and. I I remember um, there was a Slovakian. The Slovakian national team captain was on that team, and he unfortunately passed away. And I remember Slovakia had an un- an incredible run um, in the World Championships that following year. Zdeno Chara was the captain of that team, and they made it all the way to the gold medal game. And unfortunately, they lost. But for Slovakia, that nation to make it to the gold medal game is huge, obviously. And I can remember after. Um, they were being, they lost the game and they were getting presented their award for uh, silver. Um, Chara put on the jersey of Pavel Dimitra, who was the previous captain of Slovakia, one of the best players in, from Slovakia. And he put on his jersey with the name point on the chest and just uh, such a great tribute when he was receiving the award and Absolutely. Um, so it's good that they're putting up a good fight. I love, I, I love seeing them do well, obviously, because of that tragedy. And just even though that was a while ago, and I mean, Locomotive's been back in the league for a while, I mean, I'm always going to be kind of rooting for them. Um, Sochi, not, they're doing pretty well so far this year, third place in their division. Um, obviously, they got added right after the 2014 Olympics when they built that, up that rink. Uh, Dynamo Minsk. Right. Speaking of the, hilarious. 
Yeah. Uh, Belarus, um, their team, unfortunately, is in last place. Um, still, I think Belarus's goal, like similar to China's, is they'd rather do better in uh, international play than have their domestic club do better. So, if, I mean, if their players are getting better and getting more prepared, good for them. But, I mean, if you look at uh, Boris, I mean, they're in a – I'd say – I mean, they're both good divisions, but I'd argue Boris is in a harder division and they're doing very well. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I, it's early. And then Slovan from Slovakia, that team, kind of uh, in fifth place, not having the best start of their season, but – uh, I'm definitely room for that Slovak team to get back. And now uh, let's get on to the CHL quick. Um, they've all played two more games. I, I mean, there's not too many highlights. I mean, Florlanda, third place. Vienna Capitals in first place. Um, in the Division B, uh, or Group B, uh, I just want to point out the Continental Cup champions last year from Minsk, not Dynamo Minsk, if they're a domestic league winner. Um, they're in third, they're over TPS from Finland, which I just think is cool because I mean, domestic Belarus league team doing better than, um, one of the best leagues in Europe's, uh, one of their better teams, huge deal. Right. So, I mean, it's close obviously, and they're tied in points, but, um, they're, they've been doing better and they've won a game. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, Bolzano from Italy doing well and see in second place. Uh, my favorite team, Iceburn Berlin, 0-4. Very sad about yeah. that. Um, what do they need to do, we'll you think? See. Um, I don't know. I mean, they've they had they were so close. They um went to game seven of the domestic uh, Dell German League last year and lost, unfortunately, in the championship. I was so sad when they lost. Um, and I don't know. This season they've been had a, so far they've been kind of rocky, not only in the CHL and their domestic league. So we'll see. I'm uh, I think they just need to get some chemistry going, and I really hope they can turn this thing around and uh, move on. But we'll see. Um, uh, the French team Rouen, unfortunately, do it in bottom place of their group, but did pull off a win. Um, SC Burn on top of theirs and G. Cardiff Devils, Owen, uh, they haven't won a game yet, unfortunately. Um, from British club, they're not repeating the success of that. The Nottingham Panthers had last year, and they had an incredible run in the CHL. And, yeah, I mean, is there anything else you want to really say about what's happening in the CHL, Caleb? No, I mean, it's er- it's early in the season, so uh, it could still go anyway, but uh, it's, it's an exciting start and we'll have to, uh, check back in next month and give you guys some more updates. Yeah. So finishing off our last segment, um, we want to do our international topic. And one thing we've talked about it just a lot kind of in this episode, and there's a lot we can talk off is, uh, players changing their nationality to play for different countries and just our ethical thoughts on the situation and what's going on. And there's so many different things, where places we can start with this. Um, I mean, South Korea. Um, why don't we start with South Korea? Um, their roster, they played in the Olympics this year. Their roster was dominated by white naturalized citizens. Mike Testawai, Brock Rodinsky, Mike Regan. I mean, 
Matt Dalton. I mean, just all these names. I mean, they had so many players. And this is the first time in history that South Korea was allowing these guys to get dual citizenship, these white athletes to get dual citizenship. And NHL players didn't go to the Olympics. South Korea did not win a game. They put up a fight. They got smoked in the World Championships when the NHL players did go. Um, yeah, I, yeah. You, so I mean, yeah, I think it's kind of uh, it's 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 a very it's a very uh, probably controversial subject because uh, I'm sure a lot of people that have different perspectives on it. But um, mm-hmm. I mean, it just is really how you look at it. If you want. <sighs> I mean, how how I how I look at it is that I think that dual citizenship should uh, I think you I think you should have full citizenship in the country, and you should you should not be able to have dual citizenship and play on the national team, because I mean it's just whatever team has the most incentives can get the best of the best players to come and play for their team. So it's it's less about the country's skill and their sport and just what they can offer great players in order to play for them. I mean, but if you have dual citizenship, you are just as much, you're a citizen of each country as much as anyone else is. But what do you mean? I I think think there should be a more thorough process. I mean, it's absolutely, I'm sure very difficult to get dual citizenship, just like any type of citizenship. But, um, I think that, I think there maybe should be maybe a more permanent decision to weed out people that are just planning on playing some yeah, pro I mean, hockey. South Korea, South Korea was handing out their citizenship left and right. I mean, I mean, normally you have, it's not it's not easy to get citizenship in South Korea, but I mean these players were getting it some after one year. I mean, one guy, the guy I had the most respect for, is Brock Rudinsky. He was there for years and years and years, helped South Korean hockey grow so much. And he actually he retired. He has such a great story. If you look up Brock Rudunsky on YouTube, you can watch some great interviews about him and just what he's been through with his uh, mother and everything. But he went there, had no intentions. I don't think South Korea had even been awarded the Olympics yet. And he then not they approached him. They gave him citizenship. And then after that, it was just like, they just couldn't stop giving out citizenship. I think Mike Swift also, he deserved his citizenship. But some of these guys, I mean, they were there for a year and they just got citizenship and then were playing for their national team. I mean, I think it's just kind of, I think it's kind of ridiculous in those situations. Um, ethically, I mean, just as a general topic, I, I have more problems with what South Korea did than if you move to a country for example, let's talk about Matt Schneider. I talked about him earlier in New Zealand. He's Canadian. He was drafted into the NHL by the Edmonton Oilers. He moved to New Zealand. He went. He didn't make uh, much progress playing pro. What <laughs> played in college? After that, he went to New Zealand to work, and then he didn't even know there was hockey there. Um, it was before our show, so how you know? Yeah, how else would he know? He didn't have our highlight. How else would he have known? Um, and then someone was like, hey, we have hockey. And he was like, oh, really? And he joined their hockey team. And then he went through the process, played there for years and years and years. And just like any other citizen would have had to do, he he earned his citizenship. It's not like 
South Korea, where the government, because this guy can play hockey, just gave him the citizenship. He he earned it like a normal person. I think if you go through the normal yeah. registration process, yeah, or a, else, a reasonable like, registration process that most countries would yeah. have you do. Change getting nationality for any country is not easy, and for me or you to get citizenship in Korea, we'd have to denounce our American citizenships. Um, and go through all, we'd have to live there for years, like learn all this crap. And I mean, these guys were literally like, some of them weren't even there a year. Yeah. And like, couldn't speak a lick of Korean. No, I mean, they, I'm sure they learn and I'm sure they try to embrace it as much as possible. But I mean, they're like, let's go. <clears throat> I can't play for my country at the Olympics. So let's play for South Korea. Yeah. And these aren't all the players. Like I, like I do, I have a lot of respect for a lot of those guys. But I mean, I'm just using. I think South Korea just went overboard with trying to prepare themselves for the Olympics. Yeah, I mean and they're not they're not the only ones, of course, that do this. No. I mean, we were just talking about China. Yeah, ago. China's obviously China's a tough situation because they don't allow dual citizenship, and so there's a lot of players, um, like players playing on Kunlun Red Star, who are American citizens but Chinese descent and like can't even speak Chinese and they'd love to play for China at the Olympics, but I mean, they don't really want to give up their American citizenship. So that's what a really hot topic right now. And for China, because I mean, they, these players that might play at the Olympics can't play for their national team right now. So they're not getting prepared. They're not moving up. And that's, kind of a big deal like so china's not doing what south korea did not do china's not giving these players any special privileges but the players obviously want the special privilege because i mean who wants to give up their other citizenship if south korea had been like we'll give you south korean citizenship right now but you have to denounce your other citizenship none of those players would have done them not a single one of those guys would have given up their citizenship right right and that that's what it is at the end of the day is that if you're not i mean maybe not Maybe you don't have to sacrifice that much, but if you're not willing to sacrifice at least years of your time and energy, then I don't know if it should be something that can be possible. But um, I don't know. You think they were maybe trying to put a team together knowing that they were going to be hosting the Olympics? Yeah. And there are some countries doing the opposite. I mean, Italy a while ago, they had a lot of players from North America who had were like Italian descent. And if you have Italian descent, you can get Italian citizenship relatively easy. So these players were getting their dual citizenship and moving on to the Italian national team. But Italy wasn't getting a ton of progress, making a ton of progress. So Italy a few years ago were like, okay, we're stopping this. We're only taking homegrown players. So Italy kind of was switching that around. And they're like, whoa, like we're only taking the guys that are actually full-on Italian players. And they still do have a couple players, I want to say, with a um, like kind of dual citizenship kind of like that on their team. But for the most part, Italy's all homegrown players right now. And I think Italy has become a better team. I think they did, they've been doing a lot better because of it. Yeah, I mean, just like we talked about in the beginning of uh, this episode, uh, I think the chemistry in the locker room does wonders. So 
if you can if you can improve the chemistry by having a close knit group of guys that all grew up playing hockey in the same country and probably I don't know how big hockey is in Italy, but I'm sure a lot of them knew each other. Uh, uh-huh. Definitely could make a better team and maybe surpass the benefits of having some star players that aren't as close knit. Yeah. And also, we've been kind of alluding to it, Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan has a crazy weird situation. And I want to talk about this. Just Kazakhstan, they've had a, they are similar to South Korea. And they, but that they'll give you citizenship, basically. It's not hard to get. But I mean, but you have to like stick with the team and play on the team if you want to play for their and for their uh, national team. And Barisa Stana is like, if you want citizenship, you go play for that team. They'll give you it. You stay there. Their goalie is from Sweden. They have uh, quite a few naturalized citizens. And their captain is a naturalized citizen from America. He um, – and you – it's the thing is it's uh, – if you – in also, like, for example, there was someone playing for Astana last year, Caleb, and they found out that that player, he was Canadian, was going to try to play for Canada at the Olympics. So Kazakhstan was like, well, we don't want you. Get off the team. Wow. So they leave the team and go. I think he moved to Switzerland. So, like, if they're, if you're on that team and you're a foreigner, you're on the team – as a foreigner expected to be trying to become a Kazakh citizen. And Nigel Dawes, a bubble player, won gold at the under 20s with Canada. Um, he played for four teams in 2010-11. He wanted stability. He wanted to play for the same team. I totally imagine that. Like he wanted to have fun with hockey. He wanted to be playing for the same team. Played for Boris for seven years. Um, and then he moved uh, the team that's undefeated right now in the KHL, uh, doing incredible this year as well. And one thing that I, I try, I've looked up so many times that I haven't been able to find is, is he still going to be allowed to play on the Kazakh national team? Because he is an amazing player. I mean, I would say he's the best Kazakh ice hockey. He's, I'd say with anyone holding a Kazakh passport in the world, I'd say he's the best hockey player. And... Now that he's not on Astana, is he going to be allowed to play? I don't think he will. And he really wanted for Kazakhstan to make the 2018 Olympics and play for them. But, I mean, people were interviewing him a lot like because he would have been a lock for the Canadian national team last year at the Olympics, but he obviously wasn't allowed to play because he would already switched from Canadian to uh, Kazakh. And... I think that's a just a weird situation. What's Kazakh gonna do? Kazakhstan is also the country, Caleb. That Boris Astana, you'll find this kind of interesting. I think maybe I'm sure you. I've talked to you about it before. It, Boris Astana in Kazakhstan, the KHL team that weren't doing too hot, and so they did a Kazakh ritual. Ritual where they took a sheep to the center of ice, the ice, Caleb. And you know where this is going? Oh, I hope not. They slaughtered it on in the middle of the ice, and they there were reports that all the that players were puking 
and just disgusted and in trauma because they were just blood went everywhere all over the ice and this was this Kazakh ritual oh my goodness yeah. and they slaughtered a live sheep who was do you have any idea who ice. was in charge of this going on i don't know I, it's a Kazakh ritual the team wasn't doing well and i think the coach or someone did it and i, I think that was last year if not last year the year before I'm, I'm almost certain it was last year no it was last year um I wonder if that played any role in Tanido Dawes leaving. Because I mean, oh, that would be interesting, actually. Because he left and the next the, season. I mean, he left the season after. It was also the season after the Olympics that Kazakhstan did not qualify, which he was hoping to obviously make. And he, I wonder if he's just at all salty that he wasn't on the Canadian national team when he would have been. Yeah, that is. That's that seems like a skit a comedy skit i cannot believe that that actually happened i know it's i there's no video of it obviously but was that was that that wasn't during a game or anything that was just for like a practice or something like that yeah yeah just like a practice or something like that but i mean i just yeah i mean there was reports of players just vomiting from how disgusting it was wow and uh did it turn them around um not really i mean i'm Paris has always been a decent team, so um, we'll see. They they were doing kind of well this year. Their captain came back. Uh, he had a year out of retirement, um, the American. But I mean, I mean, I, I assume Nigel Dawes um, also kind of he wants to maybe win the championship. And Paris, I mean, even though they might become a very good team, I don't know if they're ever going to become a championship caliber team. So. Well, we will see. Hopefully, hopefully, we'll see. no more sheep will be killed in their process to become. Uh, a I don't think the KHL will. Um, there's a bunch of controversy, but I, yeah, basically, I'm I'm curious to see if he plays. And I, yeah, I guess to sum up my view on players changing nationality, I think if they go through the process that any other citizen in the world has to, for the average Joe to become a citizen of that country. If they go through that process, I I feel like they've proven that they belong there. So yeah, yeah, that's that's a that's I, a I like good that's a good uh, perspective. I'd have to agree. So uh, we'll see. It's interesting how all these different teams that have all these different rules and regulations all play in the Olympics together with such a mixed bag. Yeah. Or compete for the Olympics with each other. Yeah, one thing I, I think it's really cool is any country um, is allowed to play for the Olympics, and it's really fun to see. They just they go up level by level in different tournaments to qualify for the Olympics, so it's cool. And it's uh, yeah, I guess this is a good place to stop episode two, Kale. We've been talking for a good while. Yeah, um, just some closing. Um, we really we would love if you shared this with as many people as possible. We really want to just build a community that like we can talk to and comment. We love that one comment we received. We were so happy when we saw it. It was such constructive criticism. And uh, we just want to build a relationship and just have this be a really fun thing and tell us what you like, what you don't like. Um, tell us what you want to see or maybe things that we are kind of boring that we talked about. Um, and just... 
we'd love it if you followed the YouTube channel or we have it on Google Podcasts anchor so many different podcast services right now i'm working really hard to get it up on apple Podcasts. it might be up by the time this episode um, loads and just yeah rate it uh if you like it i mean and just uh yeah just we want to build this yeah, give us some love if uh you have love yeah. to give yeah i mean caleb and i were just doing this because we love hockey and it's something fun for us to do we're best friends living across the world from each other so um, it's something really fun for us to do together, and uh, yeah, we hope uh, you like it as well. Yeah, so uh, uh, let's sign off. I uh, hope you have a, a good rest of your morning, Chase, and um, great night. Yeah, Caleb. and uh, I'll see you next month. I'll see you next month. Love you, buddy. Love you too.